You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrgs.nl. And now, let's get into the podcast. Good morning. You are so precious. And I pray that you will remember that and that you will know God's love for you. Good for us to be here. Uh, So we are starting a new sermon series today, our Lenten sermon series that will take us through to Easter weekend. And so I'm really excited about the series, really looking forward to it. We are going to be looking at the Gospel of John. Now, I've said this to you before, if it all of a sudden overnight becomes illegal to have or to own more than one book of the Bible, and you could only choose one book, this would be the one I would choose, the Gospel of John. There is an expression or there's a saying that says, speaking about the Gospel of John, it says that it is like a pool that is safe enough for a child to paddle in, yet it's deep enough for an elephant to swim in. And that really, uh, to me, explains uh, the Gospel of John. So the idea is, friends, uh, for this series, I have prepared uh, daily devotions for you. Uh, You can find it in your app um, for every day of the week, um, right through till Easter. And it's done in such a way, the idea is that by Easter, we have all read through the Gospel of John. Are you with me? Are we going to do it? I encourage you to buy Easter, to commit yourself to, to encourage yourself to buy Easter, to have read through John's gospel. Now, let's talk a little bit about John's gospel. Uh, in his gospel, there are many themes. Um, to my mind, and as I study it, there are one or two key themes. But there are many themes in John's gospel. For example, such as um, uh, God as our Father. God's love for the world. We encounter themes of light and darkness, evil and darkness. Themes such as, uh, and this is one of the key ones, and we're going to talk a little bit about this one today, belief and unbelief, even, even though faced with a cloud of holy witnesses. Belief and unbelief is a big theme in John's gospel. Uh, The Holy Spirit you'll encounter is a big theme in John's gospel. Uh, The Holy Spirit in particular as as teacher and life giver. Uh, You'll encounter the themes of discipleship in John's gospel. Discipleship in particular as love for God uh, or faith in God and love towards others. You will encounter the theme of uh, salvation and eternal life. But really, I think when we study John's gospel at the heart and at the center, the number one key theme for John is Christology is Jesus Christ, and he presents Jesus to us in such a unique and beautiful way. He presents Jesus to us, I believe, the key theme of John's gospel, that we must understand that Jesus is at the heart and at the center of all of God's plans for you and me, and in fact, for all of creation. Jesus sits at the very center. John wants us to know 
who Jesus is and what that means for you and me. I suppose one of the key reasons why I like John's gospel so much is, so in, so in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, we, we, we read of Jesus' life, and we, and we read where he went, and what he did, and what he said. And now John does some of that, but what John seems to do is he adds meaning to it. Yes, Jesus did and said all these things, but here's what it means for your life. John tells the story of Jesus in such a way that we are meant to find the life and the light and the transformation that he truly offers in our lives. From darkness to light. Okay. So what we're going to do today going to touch on one of the key themes, and we're going to just look at the prologue. Let's read the prologue together, so the first few verses, the introduction, and let me just tell you, John is not ashamed. John is making, look, he gets straight to it. The opening verses are massive. We can study just these opening verses all year long. They are rich, and they are deep, friendly for a child, but deep enough for an elephant. <laughs> So much truth and beauty in them. But he gets straight to it. He wants us to know who Jesus is in order for us to believe in him. Because John holds that it's only in our belief in him that when you know who he is and believe in him that you will find true transformation and salvation. So let's read those first few verses. They are incredible. I'm going to read verse 1, 3 to 5, and verse 14, just to put that together for us nicely. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and in fact the Word was God. Through Him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. What incredible verses. So this really is John's version of Joseph, Mary, the donkeys and the sheeps and the, and the, and the, and the angels and the manger and Bethlehem. This is John's version of the incarnation story, the birth of Jesus. So different. It's so powerful and so beautiful. And he gets right to it. He says, you need to understand who Jesus really is. Jesus is God. He's not just some prophet, some teacher. 
some nice guy, some good man. He is the Logos, the Word. He is distinct from the Father, yet one with the Father, fully God, fully human. He was, He is, and He will forever be. Before you read any further, you must read it with the understanding that Jesus is God. Love it. He just gets straight to it. So beautiful. It's almost as if he's saying, unless you get that, well, then don't, you know, the rest is not going to make sense. Jesus is God. He wants us to know, he wants us to understand that Jesus is God, took on flesh, dwelled among us, revealing to us what God is like, and by implication, revealing to us what we are meant to be like. Who was, is, and forever will be. And I love, it gets so beautiful. If you read the words and the imagery, you are reminded or you are meant to be reminded. You are meant to go, hang on, I, this reminds me of something. I've read something like this somewhere before. And I'm meant to flip back in the Bible all the way to Genesis chapter 1. To creation. Can you see how he connects it with the themes of light and darkness? He was there right at the beginning at creation. Ooh, because John has a beautiful message. There's a reason why he connects right at the beginning with the story of how it all started, the story of creation. Ooh, there's a reason. Because he says, if you really believe in who Jesus really is, he will create in you a new heart and turn your darkness into light. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, I love John. Okay, so John and the other Gospels, are, are there are some differences. In fact, quite a few, but let me highlight just one or two, which I think are significant, if you're going to study and read the Gospel of John, and, and remember, you've all said you're going to do it, uh, to keep in mind. So one difference, Matthew, Mark, Luke, compared to John's Gospel, you will find in the other three Gospels, Jesus is constantly appealing to his listeners to do what? To follow him. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Follow me, follow me. In John's gospel, however, John is forever appeal, uh, sorry, Jesus is forever appealing to his listeners to believe in him. Believe in me. Difference between the gospels. Uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, yes, we have the parables, but really Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, Jesus speaks more plainly. In John's gospel, Jesus speaks more in metaphors. And so we have stuff like, I am the vine and you are the branches. We come across a lot of that metaphorical speech in John's gospel. So that's another difference. Um, here's another one. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, the, the predominant theme is the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what it means to be part of and to live in the kingdom of God. In fact, the kingdom of God is mentioned 75 times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In John's gospel, it's only mentioned twice. 
For John, however, the prevailing and dominant theme, in fact, he gives it away. You don't even need to guess. Spoiler alert, let's jump right to the end of the book. Chapter 20, verse 31, he says, These things, in other words, what I'm now writing, these things are written so that you will what? Believe. So that you will believe, that you will believe, that you will believe that Jesus is Christ. That you will believe that Jesus is God's Son. And believing that, well then, he says, here's what's going to happen. You will have life. As God created life, form where there was formlessness, where there was void, where there was darkness and nothingness. In the beginning, God created. So God wants to create life in you when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's the key predominant theme for John. Let me say this. I don't want you to, to get to the place where you think, okay, well, John says one thing and the other gospel says another thing. That's not at all the case. The beauty about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John is that John and the other three gospels give us a complete picture of the good news. It gives us a fuller understanding. So, for example, Matthew, Mark, Luke, so that's 75% of the good news message, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke will place a great emphasis on what we do, how you live, how you act, how you react. In other words, what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. What, so the focus, in essence, for Matthew, Mark, Luke is around our Ethical and behavioral implications of your faith. Does that make sense? For John, however, John says, yes, that's good. But there's more. There's more than just doing good things. Doing good things without believing the right thing, is hollow. So the kind of feeling we get as we read John's gospel is he's saying, you see, because otherwise many of us are tempted with the kind of thinking, well, listen, I'm a good person. I do good things. I behave in an ethical manner. I behave in a right way. I, I've never murdered anybody. I've never cheated on my wife. I've never done any, you know, I'm a good person. I do Jesus-y type things. John says, well, great, but that's not good enough. You have to believe in Jesus. Because it's in believing Him that the inside of you, your heart and soul, your mind is transformed and then the doing flows from that. There's so much more, John says, there is believing. 
And the more the believing is wrapped up in our ideas that we all are so familiar with, the acknowledging that I've missed the mark, that I have darkness in me, repenting, believing, turning. Well, I'll talk more about that. Okay, so to help us understand why I think this is at the heart of John's gospel, he's saying before you can do, you must be. Doing comes from being. It's who before do. Randy, write that down. That was, that was, what did I say? Who before do. That, that's a good one. That's a rhyme. You can remember that. To, but to help us understand why that is a main thrust for John, I think, uh, let me help explain by reminding you who John was. Now remember, we're of course not talking about John the baptizer, we're talking about John the apostle. So John, his brother James and Peter, and in fact many of the disciples, they were Galileans, right? So they were from the region of Galilee, which is in the north around the Sea of Galilee. In fact, John, James, they were from Capernaum. Um, Now, the people from that part of the country, Galileans, were honest, passionate, hardworking, blue-collar, salt-of-the-earth, work with their hands, fishermen, sailors, no nonsense, let's just get it done kind of people. In fact, Josephus, and, this is, and, and, and the Talmud bears this out because the Talmud writes similar things about the Galileans, but we don't have time. Let me just read you very quickly what Josephus, you remember him, the first century historian. This is what he says about Galileans. Remember now John is a Galilean. He says this, um, Josephus writes, They were fond of innovation and by nature disposed to change. They were uh, ever ready to follow a leader and begin an insurrection. They were quick-tempered and given to quarreling. In fact, let me prove it to you that Josephus was in fact correct. Um, Let me remind you, Mark and Luke's gospel records some stories about John. Let me remind you about one. John comes running up to Jesus. Jesus, listen. But don't worry, Jesus. I have put him in his place. I have sorted him out, but I just need you to know, Jesus, there's this wannabe disciple, um, this wannabe disciple who's going around casting out uh, demons in your name, and he's not even one of us. But don't worry, I've set him straight. Remember that story? And then Jesus goes, John, just calm, calm down, John. And Jesus rebukes him. He says, John, if he speaks in my name, is God's work not being done? And he rebukes him. Now, you would think a rebuke straight from the lips of Jesus himself would set you straight and would change John. Oh, but you would be wrong. Let me remind you of another story that we find later on in Luke's gospel. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus and the disciples, they're busy traveling down from the north. They're traveling down to Jerusalem, and they pass through a Samaritan village. Now, the only thing is this. The Samaritans in this village, they did not welcome Jesus or his disciples at all. And here's where John goes. Listen, in fact, let me read it to you. This is what John says, Luke 9, 54. Lord... Shall we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? (laughs) Yep, you heard right. He wants to fry and nuke them all just for being rude. 
Talk about overreacting, right? There's another story, and this one you will remember. Jesus had just finished pouring his heart out, explaining about his arrest and his death and his crucifixion and how his life's going to end. And immediately afterwards, John and James go, listen, Jesus, can you just promise to us? You know the story. You know the story. That we will have the place of honor in your new kingdom. Well, John, we love you. We laugh because we recognize ourselves in you, John. And so here's the thing. I think that John discovered, and that's why his gospel has this key theme, because John discovered this, that simply following Jesus and simply walking around with Jesus for three years is not enough. Because after walking around with Jesus for three years, this is still the attitude and the person that he really was. John discovered that I can do Jesus-y things on the outside, but the inside looks nothing like Jesus. I think rude and impatient and selfish John discovered that believing in Jesus and who he really is, creator, God, savior of my soul, that believing Jesus is God Almighty is the most important and determining reality of our lives. And unless we do that, we will never truly experience His light and transformation and salvation that He came to offer us. How I look on the inside... John will say to us, is just as important as what I do on the outside. So I can sit here in church every Sunday. You know where this is going. And do the right things at the right moment. And then go home and be a miserable human being to my wife and children. Because my heart has not been transformed and created anew. And so John says, who before we do? We put it another way. Being before doing. And being is to believe. Being begins with believing. And this believing is me coming to a place in my life where I say, God, I have darkness in me. I have missed your mark. And I don't match your standard. Forgive me. I want to, as we say, repent. I want to turn from and to you. 
believing is repentance and it's believing. I put my trust in you. I believe that you are the Logos. I believe that you are the Word. I believe that you are the Son of the living God. I believe that you are God Himself. And in part of that believing, that comes a surrender to the work of His Holy Spirit, the life-giving work of His Holy Spirit, the transformative work of His Holy Spirit in me, and seeking to live in obedience to God's Spirit in me. Believing. Being before doing. And being begins with believing. Is the message of John I believe as I study this gospel. Believe what? Well, I'll tell you. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him is life, and the life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth, believing that what this pro so beautifully says to us is that there is a beautiful communion between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And out of this communion, creation flowed. And the Word became flesh. God took on flesh to dwell among us so that there can be a new communion between us and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit so that there can be a new creation in us. So that I too might hear those beautiful words again spoken back at creation in Genesis. That those words will be spoken in my life. Let there be light. Amen. Thank you for listening and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.